Welcome to our podcast. We're really excited to have you back joining us today. Um, my name is Ian Madison. I'm the director of Peace Restored, and I'm going to be your host as we continue our discussion on mental health and faith in our podcast, which is called Seeking Healing and Finding Hope. Um, this is a production of Peace Restored, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. We are located in Indiana, but we do serve women everywhere. Today, uh, I have joining back in the podcast studio is Taylor Carnes. She works on staff with us as our client liaison. And um, if you have ever called into her office, you've probably had the opportunity to meet with Taylor and talk to her and hear her smiling voice. And just, she does such a wonderful job of connecting our staff and our clients together. Uh, And so if you call here for any reason, more than likely you've had an opportunity to talk with her. Um, So Taylor, welcome back and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me back today. Yeah, I'm excited to continue our conversation on what is a safe person. Uh, If our audience didn't get a chance to hear our first episode, it was episode number 12, and it was was defining what is a safe person. And in that episode, we kind of spent some time, uh, if you remember, Taylor, um, you know, defining the difference between safe and unsafe and helping people really dig into what is necessary, you know, the information necessary to help build healthy relationships. So Taylor, can you kind of um, do a recap on some of the things that we talked about in the last um, podcast and as we were defining safe people? Yeah. So one of our main points was we went through kind of a list of what people naturally think of when they think of someone that is safe. And we also talked Mm. about the impact of having safe people in our lives, what that does for us, and then some different categories of safe people, sort of just kind of, um, we talked, when we talked about the categories, we talked a little bit about examples of safe people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think last time we also kind of challenged you to think about safe people in your own environment and be able to use that kind of as a lens to say, because sometimes we think people are safe or they think they might not be safe because we ha- we don't know how to define that. And so we might get that kind of confused or maybe a little convoluted. And so that would be such a good podcast to go back into because it's always a good refresher for me to kind of think through some of those safety aspects when we think about um, relationships with people. Yeah, it's it's definitely challenging, especially with people you really care about, to think of them as unsafe versus safe, but Mm. sometimes you really have to look at the hard truth that they are not necessarily a safe person. That doesn't mean they can't become one, but maybe at the present time, they're not. That's right. I think that's a really good distinction because sometimes um, we want to define everybody that we're in relationship or especially our family or our family of origin. Um, We want to say, oh, they are so safe, right? We want to define them as safe. But sometimes they have their own um, struggles or their own trauma or their own story that they're still working through. And because of that, it may be a challenge for them to know how to be a safe person. And so just like you said, Taylor, I love that you said that doesn't mean they can't become one. They have the potential to become one. They can do work and improve and grow. That's one of the beauties of how God created us. He created us to adapt, grow, and change. And... um, that gives us hope that um, even if somebody around us is unsafe, they can grow and they are able to potentially become a safe person in the future. But 
um, it's good for us to recognize that because then it helps us to be able to set those clear boundary lines with those that we're in relationship with. So by being able to sign, sign those safe, who a safe person is, helps bring clarity to that relationship, right? Which equals health, right? Because if we can't have clarity of the relationship, it becomes all kind of cloudy. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so as we think about safe people, I want you to just continue thinking about the people in your lives and um, really kind of filtering through what that means and how you can integrate this into your own life. Because even if you are in a good place, more than likely there's somebody around you who isn't, who it doesn't know how to respond well. And sometimes we can we can receive that as hurt instead of maybe they are just responding out of their own hurt. There's an old phrase that kind of pops into my head is that hurt people hurt people. And it's so true, isn't it? Yes, that is. I also, in contrast to that phrase, I've also heard a phrase, heal people, heal people. Um, Of course, like we're not the ones actually doing the healing, but Mm -hmm. um, when we become safe people or we recognize maybe that someone's unsafe and we help them along in that, we can help them heal. Um, Especially if we're not just getting angry because they're doing things that are hurtful, but they maybe don't realize. Mm -hmm. That's so good, right? Because we can kind of be the example for good behavior for operating out of a good and healthy space, which then can encourage the people around us to go, oh, maybe I need to think differently in how I behave and respond. I love that, Taylor. Thank you. So as we continue our topic for today, I'm really um, looking forward just to continue to expand talking about safe people. And um, when we think about defining safe a safe person, it does, like I said, bring that clarity to that relationship, to relationships that are healthy, and even to relationships that have some dysfunction. And it can bring clarity to ourselves to know what we can and can't do. Um so I hope that as we have this conversation, it, it is a little bit challenging to you to kind of wrestle through what that looks like in your own dynamic. Um, and again, if you have those people in mind that you have around you that are you are in relationship with, maybe start making a list, maybe either mentally or maybe you get to go get a sheet of paper right now and start writing them down. I'm not saying you have to put first and last name. You could put initials, whatever you need to do, because sometimes we don't want um, others to see our internal thoughts. And so do that in a way that is safe for you to do that. And that way you can start processing through this as we're kind of working through that today. So you ready to jump into today's topic, Taylor? I'm ready. All right. Sounds good. Um, so today we're kind of, kind of, we're going to be breaking safe people into kind of three main categories. Before we break into those three categories, do you want to kind of give like the three like the overarching topics of what those are, and then we'll kind of go back and talk about the different categories separately. Sure. So the three categories we're going to talk about today are um, abandoners, critics, Mm -hmm. and irresponsibles, which I feel like all sound like very harsh words. They do, don't they? They can sound like, wow, those are really... um, Yeah, some people might um, get a few buttons pushed today. And um, I hope that when people hear us talk, they can hear us talking about this from um, a place of truth and love. And so it's not that we want to speak to people and be really hard, um, but we do need to speak truthfully, right? 
And because if we don't speak truthfully, then we don't have a clear definition. So abandoners, critics, and irresponsibles. Um, so let's start with abandoners. So can you give a definition of what that means? And let's talk a little bit about what that category is of being, a, being an abandoner. So when you think of someone that we categorize as an abandoner, you can think of someone who is maybe, they're, in, they're typically an adult. Um, this can, I mean, children can do this too, but this is a category that mm-hmm. more happens in adulthood. Um, but yes. they're an adult. They don't have any lasting friendships. Their friendships last mm-hmm. maybe a year or two, maybe a little bit more than that sometimes, but they can't really build any kind of closeness. They can't build any trust with people. They'll kind of push people away. If you mm-hmm. need something, they're not there for you. Like, um, So you can also think of this in relationships, like when you're dating someone. Mm, So someone like you are willing to make a little bit of sacrifice to study when you're, especially when you're in college and go to like, I don't know, a party or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going to study instead. And then that person won't do the same for you. Now I'm not talking about doing it all the time, but they won't do it at all. And that doesn't help build that relationship. Yeah. So that can be a, that really hard space, right? Cause you're, you feel like you've built this relationship with somebody you've been with them, like you said, maybe a year or so. And then all of a sudden it feels like they just, they're just gone. You know, they, they start putting up walls. They won't respond. They, um, start pushing back and you're like the person who is interacting with that unsafe abandoner personality can be can begin to feel like what did I do wrong yeah definitely and the abandoner personality can start to make a little bit of excuses for themselves that sound Mm -hmm. really real but yeah. at the end of the day, they are just excuses. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they're really pulling back. And it's somewhat, it sounds like there's a lot of self-protection in there, right? Because there's that, because I hear that, that, that fear side of it there, that there's the fear of if I continue this relationship, I have to be, I have to allow myself to be vulnerable and get close. Yeah. And that, that fear um, plays into the abandoner personality a lot because a lot of times this these people have experienced an abandoner themselves and that's mm-hmm. what's kind of made them struggle with vulnerability. Maybe they've gotten hurt yeah. in the past from being vulnerable and they're mm-hmm. just like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, right? It's that um, hurt when you've experienced hurt, sometimes that comes out of you as an adult and now you're trying to wrestle through what that looks like. And so there is that that push-pull of, I want to be in relationship. But when we start getting close, when we start getting intimate in a relationship, so emotionally intimate, and we start really having to be vulnerable with what we feel and think, the abandoner will abandon or pull away from the relationship because trust is too hard. It's too hard to trust. Well, Yeah. It's, and it can be really scary to be 
that vulnerable people. So I don't want to dismiss that because it is a scary mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Oh, of course. So vulnerability can be so hard for even in a healthy relationship, right? Because we do have to learn um, or kind of test out a relationship to see if we can they are trustworthy. We can't just jump in and be 100% vulnerable with everybody because, well, that that is earned and that trust is built over time. So there is a category of that that we have to recognize that's normal. There's a part of that that's normal to build up that trusting component. But we're talking about as somebody who it's almost impossible. It's not that it's, it is impossible, but it feels impossible for them to have that closeness where they vulnerability feels very difficult, and so they just continually push away, push away. And they might say things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just busy. I can't do this. And like I so said, they'll come up with some really good reasons, but at the heart is I just can't. So the next part, the next category or personality that we're talking about are the critics, And so can you explain a little bit more on the critic? So the critic is the type of person that you just feel like you cannot do anything right around them. Um, They Mm -hmm. take on like a parental role or like an authority role in each relationship they have. Um, They typically want to correct you instead of build a connection with you and i correcting you is not wrong but right when it comes from a place of we have no connection we have no relationship but i see you doing this wrong that can Mm -hmm. you can almost it just it doesn't feel good yeah right so it's i don't know if you've ever had this dynamic and you don't have to say taylor i'm not asking you to divulge this but there are times where you might be in a relationship with somebody and it's it's like you feel like they're trying to be your parent, just like you said here. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, you're not my my dad, my my mother, whatever. I don't need you to be that. I need you to be in a relationship with me. So they're trying to parent you in not a healthy fashion, right? They're overly critical. They want to confront your errors. They want to take on that parental role and – that doesn't necessarily create safety. No. And they're unsafe, especially because when taking on that parental role, they don't see a problem as like an actual problem. They think something's Mm -hmm. wrong with you or they see it as being weak. And Mm -hmm. you really can't be vulnerable with that person because it's kind of the type of person you go share your problems with and then they say something back and you're like, why did I ever talk to you in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. Cause they just, they're just there to insert almost like their parental authority, which they really don't have a parental authority, but they're inserting a parental authority over you. And you really are kind of seen as you have a problem because you won't accept their authority. And it's, so it causes this conflict in the relationship, and so it becomes very challenging to work through. Yeah. yeah. I honestly can't think of a relationship I've had like that. I was trying to think of one, and I yeah, I really can't, which I feel fortunate about. That's good. I've had I have a few years on you, and so um, <laughs> just a couple. And so I have had that dynamic with people where they've been around me, and I remember saying to people, like, you are not my parent. 
And um, let's we'll just say I'm not in all those relationships anymore. But um, you know, it was it, it what for me. I had to recognize that that's what they were doing. You know, when I was in that space with them. But also being able to set that line to say, I don't need you to be this for me. I need you to be whatever our relationship is. So maybe if it was a friend or a family member, this is your relationship I need with you. I don't need you to be my, have a parental role. And that can be hard. But again, this is, this is what we want to define what a safe person is so that way we can set those clear lines in our relationships. Yeah, I think... What you just talked about goes back to being able to set boundaries, which we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about on this podcast. We have. Boundaries has been a really key topic because it's something that we all struggle with is setting good and healthy boundaries. And if you haven't listened to our boundaries podcast, there's several of those. Um, I'm not going to list the different numbers, but um, different episodes. But if you go look at our, if you, especially if you go to one of our podcatchers or go to YouTube, you can see the list of all of our podcasts and be able to see the different topics. So you could just jump in and if boundaries is something you want to learn more about, please do that and um, really dig into that. We'll also be doing another boundaries group later this year. So um if you're a female over the age of 18 and that's something that you're like, hey, I really want to learn more about boundaries, just um, patient our website or social medias and you can register for that. Whether you're here in Indiana or virtually, those groups are available to you. You would just need to register or you can call and talk to Taylor and she'll get you registered too when those classes come available. So, um, but anyways, um, so those are really good things to be thinking about is uh, when we are learning how to have safe relationships, we're also going to learn how to set good and healthy boundaries. So let's pivot to our last one, which is the irresponsibles. So tell me about an irresponsible. What does that look like in a relationship? So the irresponsibles category is probably the most fun person out of um, these groups. Okay. Because they're very carefree. They don't think about the next day. And they usually are pretty caring and empathetic. But they, I mean, it's that's in the title. But they take zero responsibility for their own actions, mm. usually. Like, they're the type of person that could call you the day of, like, maybe at 10 o'clock in the morning. And they want to do something at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. And most people work but they're like oh just you know do what you call in don't go to work like it'll be fine yeah yeah spend all this money uh, that you probably shouldn't spend yeah. and so they're they're a little bit more fun <laughs> yeah they have that like you said that carefree attitude it's like whatever goes it's fine and yeah. they they they're a little bit of those boundary pushers aren't they because like you were saying like, it doesn't matter that you have to be at work today. It's okay. You could just call in sick and just come be with me. And so they want to they wanna push those boundaries and get you to be more like them. <laughs> yeah, they definitely push boundaries. Because that's the other thing is they don't – well, I think most people in the United States don't like to delay gratification, but they really don't like to delay gratification. So they're going to yeah. – push really hard for you to do what they want to do yeah yeah so they're like how can I get what I want now (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, and like you said, especially in our culture, we've gotten that instant gratification of everything, right? So we turn on our computers and if the internet takes longer than 30 seconds to connect, we're like, what is wrong, right? Um, if we're trying to watch something on social, one of the social media pages and we can't get it to move fast enough, we can get frustrated because we're so used to everything being instant. Everything's at our fingertips today. And so then that can sometimes translate over into relationship, right? Like, why can't I have what I want when I want it now? Yeah. Yeah. It can definitely translate over into relationships. I know I tend to get frustrated with the internet when something won't load, but I don't, I hope I don't do that to other people. (laughs) Well, hopefully that doesn't translate to relationships. It's one thing to be frustrated with the internet in general, but I think it's another thing if you translate it into relationships. So, Taylor, you're pretty pretty easygoing for the most part in a good way, right? Uh, so what are some of the – there might be certain people that might be drawn to these what we're calling irresponsible or another word that we're kind of tagging with that is carefree people. So what might be some things that – or some people that might be drawn to it, or why? You, If someone's drawn to an irresponsible person, they might start to make excuses for the person. Mm. Um, they might start to resent the person. They might start to nag them a little bit mm-hmm. about being irresponsible, pick up after them, pay for what they're doing wrong um Mm -hmm. and then give them chance after chance after chance and in a not as lighthearted way like a a good example of this an irresponsible person um is like someone who has an addiction and Mm -hmm. like someone who is drawn to that person well you're drawn to them because typically they're your like Sorry, let me, so it's a parent-to-child relationship with the child being an addict. And Mm -hmm. so the parent is, of course, drawn to them because that's their child. They love them and care about them. Um, But they end up paying the price for that addiction a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. they aren't able to set a boundary with their child when they're in that relationship. And the child is not taking responsibility for their active addiction. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of times we see the same dynamic or kind of what you're describing is that codependent relationship, right? I need you to need me so I can need you. And it's that 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 relationship, and that's exactly what you're explaining in this dynamic of that carefree attitude, right? So there might it might be um, that I have to always take care of that person. I have to pick up after them. I have to explain why they're, as the example you're using, maybe they're they're in some type of an addiction. And so you have to explain around why they are using their their substance of choice. You have to, or you feel compelled, I should say, to um, continually give them options or choices, to continually give them that chance after chance after chance, right? And so those are the things that happen when you're in that dynamic. That's somebody who's drawn to that is typically that codependent person. Uh, and so they're going to continually go through this. And then what they might find them, and because we've talked about this in the boundary series, 
is that when you're in that space, because you don't have boundaries, then you get to, that's where that resentment comes in. Because I don't have a, I, I don't like what's happening. And so I begin to nag. I tell you over and over again what I need, what I need, what I need from you. And they don't hear you because they're used to getting what they want. And so then you get resentful and frustrated as the person that's on the other side of that relationship. And that's why it's unsafe because it creates this unsafe dynamic in the two. And they're just not able to have a good and healthy dynamic because one's over here like, I need to get what I need right now. Right? They're that carefree personality. And then the other one for a long time feeds into that. And because they feed into it, it ends up causing resentment and bitterness. And then because of the resentment and bitterness, it becomes a break in the relationship. And then they're like, I don't understand what happened. Yeah. And I, in a codependent relationship, the person that is codependent by um, adhering to whatever the irresponsible mm-hmm. person wants, I feel like that might be their way of having a sense of control over mm. whatever situation yes. is going on. Yeah. Right. Because it's just like what we keep talking about, whether it's uh, the way we respond is almost always a response to something that says, this is what I have to do to feel safe. So in the instance, it feels safe. It feels like this is a a good way to respond because this is what I've learned throughout my years before this experience, right? So up to this point of whenever you're doing this behavior, it seemed like that was what you needed to do to feel safe, we'll say, in quotations, right? But then we end up finding out there's a breakdown in the relationship because it's not creating safety ultimately. And so that's what we had to relearn and redefine all this because it gets so confusing in our brains. Yeah, it does. Especially if you've like, like you said, felt safe from having that sense of control, you have to kind of unlearn that Mm -hmm. or you have to learn really that you don't have control over anything. Like even if you feel like you have control. Yes. It's you can't control other people. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it would be nice to control other people. It feels that way, right? Like, man, I wish I could make them do exactly what I want, what I want them to do it. But ultimately, when we allow other people to feel the weight of their own choices, that's where change comes in, change comes in right? And so by learning more about what it means to be a safe person, what it means to be have safe or unsafe safe people around us, when we can define that really clearly, we begin to see people differently. It's not to um, – this information isn't so we can point at people and, and shame them or, um, I guess, poke at them or point fingers. It's more so we can say, okay – Let's look at people through the lens of who they really are and where they're currently at so that way we can all grow in maturity. And I like to always say grow in maturity of the person that God designed you to be because I believe that God designed us for more. And um, as we learn this information, it's for our best so we can grow together. And we can take it and go, how can I become who it is that God's designed me to be? He didn't design us to be unsafe people or to be in unsafe relationships, he designed us to be in right relationship. And so how can we do that with the information that we're learning? Yeah, and to that point, I think if 
someone is listening and thinking of an unsafe person um, mm-hmm. and they realize like they fit into one of these categories, then start to establish boundaries because you will help them grow by establishing boundaries. Or, you know, like you said, if you feel like, oh, I'm an unsafe person, there is yes. room to grow and you can become who God has designed you to be. Right. I love that because this is not a um, this is not the end of your story. It's yeah. just the beginning, right? And so you can take that information and continue to grow. Um, and you can learn how to respond to others, learn how to have healthy relationships. And I hope that's what the, what, what our listeners will do with this information as we're putting out there. They're going to take it. And hopefully it's valuable enough to them where they're going to listen to it more and more, more than one time so that we think they can begin to absorb and to be able to change. Because that's really how that change happens is by continuing not just listening, but putting the what they learn into action. And sometimes we have to listen to it more than once in order to put it into action. I don't know about you, but that's how I need to do it. Yeah, I'm like that too. And learning by practicing is the best way to learn. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's good, yeah. So thanks, Taylor. It's been a really good conversation today. I love how we got to talk about those three categories or the three types of unsafe people Um, As a recap, we talked about abandoners, critics, and the irresponsibles, and it's been such a good conversation. Thanks for having it with me today. Thanks for having me on the podcast to have it. Yeah, it's been good. Um, And so just to remind our audience, if they didn't get to hear the last podcast, to go back and listen to it. Um, we This is our um, second in the series on safe people. We'll be doing another uh, podcast. We'll be doing two more podcasts on this topic at least. Um, So make sure to tune in for those, but as well, go back and listen to the other ones. But again, thank you guys so much for listening today to our podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening. If you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast channel, please do that, whether you're listening through a podcatcher or YouTube or however you're listening, if you'll subscribe and then also like or comment on these, that really helps us out to get the word out about what we're doing and help more people find our podcast. So please do that. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Peace Restored, you can do so by going to our website at peacerestored.net. If you're here locally, keep in mind that we do do annual events and different fundraising opportunities. You can also learn learn about those on our website as well as our expansion of Peace Restored. You can find our website as well. Um, So as we wrap up our discussion today, make sure to stay tuned and um, learn more about ways that you can seek healing and find hope. Um, Join us on our next podcast where we'll continue to discuss mental health and faith. And so we hope that you'll come back for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored.